This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Mike Santagata, Lindsey Patterson, thank you for sending your mailbag questions. I know it's the offseason, but we want to hear from you. We are going to start right now with Greg Wallace. He says, based on the continued success of teams finding successful late-round running backs, KC, the latest example, is there ever a reason to go RB1 in the first round in today's NFL? I appreciate you both. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the hit rate's much better. Uh, You can look at KC was successful. Yes. I'm going to read off the other seventh-round running backs since – 2020, and you can tell me if you even recognize any of these people. Okay. Britton Brown, Xander Horvath, Jake Funk, Garrett Dokes, Kylan Hill, Jermar Jefferson, Eno Benjamin, Raymond Calias, Mike Weber, Colin Gillespie, Kareth White, Chandler Cox, Miles Gaskin, David Williams. I, I, I'm way past. I'm in 2018 now. Bo Scarborough, Nick Bowden, Justin Jackson. Oh. That's why you don't just draft a running back in round seven and go like, yeah, he could be the lead horse. Look at Pacheco. It's like, yeah, Pacheco was awesome. And Chris Carson's awesome. There? I do. I do remember Mike Weber because okay. he, tweeted, he tweeted something back in like maybe five or six years ago about Joe Burrow being a star in the NFL. Maybe like, oh, he's, he's from Ohio state. Yes. Uh, if I look up his stats, is he over under 200 career yards? I bet it's under. I bet it's under. I bet it's under. <laughs> yeah. All these pictures are Ohio state. So yeah. Um, no, in the NFL. So like that's that's your seventh round guys you're really looking at. And then I mean you look at sixth round, it's not that different since 2020. Kevin Harris, Tyler Beatty, Keontae Ingram, Treston Ebner, Elijah Mitchell, Gary Brightwell, Larry Roundtree, Chris Evans, <laughs> Demetri Felton, Khalil Herbert. Um like some of those guys are fine, but it's it's like a lot of Darwin Thompson was one, John Kelly. It's like a lot of guys that don't do anything. It, it's and some of them get shots. You think of I think of Rodney Anderson was one of those too. Um, I think of guys like you know, Travion Williams was drafted there. Chris Chris Evans they they haven't liked him for whatever reason. I think it's pass protection, and I think he really. I think the vision's spotty. I think he likes to bounce things. I think that's also why he drew holding calls. It's just when he played preseason defenses, he's able to, you know, use a little athleticism and get away. But yeah, it's like Alfred Blue types. Latavius Murray's in there. It's not a lot of hits. It's not a lot of guys you feel comfortable. Like this guy can take 50% of the running back work. It's fine. That's that's the ideal situation is to find a running back in this scenario. It's just your, your day three picks. I think round four is a good spot to find um, a, a contributor as a running back, but your, your fifth, your sixth, your seventh round picks, those usually don't turn into real good players. Like you're not finding to me, you're not finding the mix and replacement in the sixth or seventh round. If that's your goal, 
I even look at the fifth round, like it's better. You can find there's, there's more hits, but still like people remember the Aaron Jones. They don't remember the Brian Hills, the Ryquel Armsteads, the Ben Masons. It's like, there's a ton of guys that did nothing in the league at that pick. And I'm sure if they showed enough in the preseason, they would be able to take that job. But is, I don't know. Well, I'm I'm at the point where I think people think that you could take a day three running back, and as long as your offensive line is okay, they'll plug right in and they'll be good. And I just think that's kind of disrespectful to the position because you know, I know it's a big running back doesn't matter movement. Bijan Robinson is just such a better prospect. Like my, the the floor for Bijan Robinson is probably like a top fifteen running back in the league at least by year three, and the ceiling is like top three running back. You're not finding that in the fifth, sixth, seventh round really. Even Pacheco is more of just like, he's a solid starter. Uh, it's not that he's a beast. He's splitting time with McKinnon. And I don't know. that That's where I am. It's just I think there is a point to getting the running back in round one, in round one especially because you're this late. It, top 10, no. But once you get outside like the top 15, 16, 20 picks, you're not – it's not a bunch of elite talent. The issue with taking Zeke was that he went over Jalen Ramsey. The issue with taking Barkley is he went over Denzel Ward. Issue of thinking B. John Robinson at 28 is he goes over Anton Harrison or Dewan Jones. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that's something crazy. Do you think it was helpful that he was on the Chiefs and they obviously had a very successful season with this offense? That That's why people are talking about you can get your running back. Yeah, of course. That's obviously why. Like, there's no, I mean, you bring a really good point. I don't think anybody's talking about when it comes to, oh, you can just get a running back late. This team. They don't have a secured running game. We don't know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon. I don't think you can give Joe Mixon $12 million this year. You just can't. You have to either restructure, which is something they don't do, or you cut Joe Mixon. Samaj P. Ryan, not under contract right now. Look, maybe you can bring him back for 2 or $3 million. But at the same time, you know, maybe he goes to another team. He put him, you know, yeah, he had some reps last season that might help another. Oh, I think teams will be interested because finding a pass protector like him is pretty rare. That's hard to do. So it is important to talk about the run game. And and then I, I hear, and I promise we're going to get to your mailbag questions, probably going to move them to the third segment too. But I want to bring up a point with the run game. The people who don't want to get a running back at 28 are saying, well, the Bengals didn't run the ball last year. They didn't even run the ball in the AFC championship game. They couldn't, they couldn't get the run game going. If they could get the I will say the run game was efficient, not explosive. I thought it, when you look at a lot of the advanced statistics after week five, when they changed to a more power run game, they were top five in um, success rate and uh, expected points added per play. It's just there were no explosive runs. Like you look at the longest run for each game, it's like 15 yards. So like kings of getting five yards and staying ahead of schedule, but nothing else. And you need that explosion. And I just, I know Mixon was hurt for a lot of the year, so you want to give him some benefit of the doubt, but he's supposed to be the explosive guy, and he he wasn't. And does that get better as he gets older? I think it's fair to ask the question. I think it's fair to look at it and think, like, maybe you add a B. John Robinson, or you don't add B. John Robinson because you're so against running back in the first round, even though it's a 28th pick and you're getting a top-five talent. Maybe you add somebody in the second round. Jameer Gibbs is explosive. Zach Jarvin has got some – explosion to I, I like Zach Sheppard because he reminds me a lot of Cedric Benson so that's that's kind of my guy in the second round but you, you look at those guys you look in the third round there's some guys there fourth round even you can maybe find somebody that can be the mix in to Samaj P Ryan but it's tough like I agree that keeping Mixon is fine at a lower number it's just 
I think he's getting up to the age where you might question whether or not he still can be that explosive. I don't question whether he's good and I don't question whether he can keep the offense ahead of the chains. I just, I do question whether or not he can get the explosive plays, which is something that's really missing. So that that's my whole opinion. That's why I would, I would take B. John over Michael Mayer because the Michael Mayer comp is like Heath Miller types. It's not Gronk. It's not, I don't know. The tight end in the first round thing isn't, hasn't been that great either. Like the running backs have a higher hit rate there, but yeah, in my opinion, uh, and I'm not against Michael Mayer either. I don't think B. John Robinson is even going to be there. So we're having all this talk about running back and it's not even going to happen. Like I wouldn't take Jameer Gibbs in the first round because I don't think he is as good in tight spaces. And I don't think he, he's very willing as a pass protector. He knows what he's doing. He just gets railroaded uh, because he's small. So I, I don't think they'll love that. So th- the thing is, I wouldn't be so into B. John Robinson if he wasn't great in pass protection, if he wasn't a good receiver, if he wasn't a great runner, like he hits all three. There's not a ton of running backs that hit all three like that. It's prime Zeke did that. Aaron Jones can do that. Austin Eckler a little bit, but I don't know if you're going to put him as a great runner. Uh, it's hard. And so I think that it adds a lot to your offense. The, yeah. They didn't run the ball a ton, 444 touches to the running back or opportunities. I count targets, not catches 444 opportunities to the running back position in the Bengals offense last year. And it was more the season before that there is stuff there. That's the most touches out of any position for one player, like wide receivers might be getting more looks, but it's spread out over like five guys. So to just, one, two, maybe three, but really just two players, about 400 touches between them, 400 opportunities. If you can get more explosive plays out of that, you're golden. I think I think there's a very strong argument for why you would take a running back early. And I, I know it would stink, but for Mixon and fans who love Mixon, who feel loyalty to him, and I have loved what he does on the field, but I'm not opposed to moving on because you – you talk about how round one running back is bad and you just find a day three guy. If you're going for a day three guy, I think you got to keep mixing. And then if you got to keep mixing, does can you get him to lower the contract? The thing with Bijan is I feel like it's goodbye mixing, sadly, because you can't pay a guy oh. that much and draft one round one. Anyway, that's my long uh, talk here just to say, I don't think you could plug in any day three running back. I still think running back matters a lot to the Bengals offense and it's some, and they were missing some stuff for the run game. It's not that they run the ball a ton. That's why you draft Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson's a modern running back who can pass protect and receive. That's the big thing. Pass protect is where I think is extremely important for this team and what they're going to be looking for. And everyone needs to remember the offensive line coach is also the run game coordinator. So if this guy's there at 28, I'm sure he's uh, he would be pumped if if they can add Robinson. But at the same time, I agree with Joe Mixon. Uh, obviously, would love to have him on the squad, but I don't want him for $12 million, and I don't see this team restructuring, but I'd love to be wrong. Uh, we will go to Coach Calladay. 10 says, who would be a legitimate offensive line fit for us, knowing we won't spend top dollar, but some bargain guys. And we kind of talked a little bit about this when I said, hey, can you get like a Riley Reef type at right tackle, but any other position group? I, I know we've had a similar conversation when it comes to the future of left tackle is questionable. Jonah Williams is going to start next year if he's healthy. Cordell Wilson more than likely going to start. But hey, I'm not against upgrades at any position outside of Kappa and Karras. 
Yeah, I mean, left guard, if you want to try to upgrade Ben Powers, is out there. Dalton Reisner is out there. So those are two guys that I think are come with a higher pedigree than Cordova Volson. You can have him compete for the job, and whoever loses is an awesome backup interior guy. On the right tackle, I think they're more interested into, like, Jermaine Illuminor types or uh, George Fant types, guys that are going to make probably, like, $5 million and under for one season. Like, that's what I think they're into. And you're finding a guy that can be a good swing tackle if you draft a tackle or if you want to keep Collins, but you're also finding a guy that can start for you. Um, Andrew Wiley, I think, is very interesting because I thought he was more impressive than anybody gave him credit for for the Chiefs, including me, because I thought Hassan Reddick would have a good game against him. And I know the field wasn't good, but he did a great job. So I'm not opposed to Andrew Wiley coming in and being the starter for a year, there's there's guys out there. And if you are going to spend top dollar, it's not Mike McGlinchey. It's, um, to me, it would be Jawan Taylor. You're looking at pass protectors. You're not looking at run game guys. And Mike McGlinchey comes from an offense that is a lot of run game and takes the load off of him in pass protection. Jawan Taylor does not. He comes from an offense that is very pass protection heavy. So I think that would be a guy I would be interested in if I want to spend top dollar. I don't know how much it would be, though. And he only had one great season, even though he flashed uh, earlier and he was a high draft pick. All right, Christopher Ball says, what are the chances that the Bengals will trade back at 28 if there is no BPA to fix at that time? I mean, it takes two to tango. They're in the right spot. They've done it before in this area after pick 25, before pick like 50, like that early second round late. I don't know about late first, but early second round, they, they've done that a lot. Trade down, trade down for Mixon, trade down for base, trade down for um, Carmen. <laughs> so there's, there's, reason to think they could it takes two to tango though i don't like projecting it what do you think do you think they they what are the odds that they trade down i think they would only trade down in the second or third round i say you say at 28 because it's kind of weird how people are talking about this draft and really kind of feeling like it's a down year for it i don't mm -hmm. agree i feel like you know you could find a few stars in the first round offensive line is a whole nother conversation because i don't want this team reaching at 28 if the guy is not there that gets you and in you a might have to and you might have to, because was it Duke said shallow draft. Well, you don't want to get in the situation. And and look, I'm sorry, Bengals fans, if you're a Cedric Oblehi fan, but that gets you in a Cedric Oblehi situation where you're just you're or Billy Price. You know, it, it's a it's something you don't want to be in in the first round. And look, I know the offensive line needs to get better. I was okay with it last year when all the guys were healthy. Lyle Collins had a really bad year, and that was unfortunate. But some could say it was just because he was battling injuries for the whole entire season. But me personally, if your star is there, your BPA is there at 28, I say you stay. But I only see them trading back in the second or third round. Yeah, I – I think they keep the first round pick. I'd put it like 25%, 20% chance they could trade down. Like it's not impossible. Um, something about the offensive line I also want to mention. When I listened to Brandon Thorne and Duke Mannyweather's podcast, which is very good, but I think you have to be subscribed to his sub stack. So do that, Trench Warfare. Duke said he talked to, um, I believe it was like a scouting director, somebody that he really trusts. And that scouting director for an offense, for a team that's good at drafting offensive line, and I believe that scouting director said he had five draftable guards, not five guys that he would take in the first two rounds, five total that he would draft in general at guard. So that that tells you how shallow this offensive line draft might be and what does a shallow draft do. It drives guys up. You talk yourself into a guy. Well, that guy's not going to be there when we pick next. 
and then they can't find a guy to trade down. So you just end up taking Billy Price or you end up taking Cedric Ogwehi or no. somebody like that. So yeah, that, that's what happens. You talk yourself into it. I could fix him. That's, <laughs> I think, one of the most common coaching phrases would be like, I could fix him. Like, yeah, he's got all these issues. I could fix that. And I don't know. I, I, I think it's not a great offensive line draft. I haven't gone through everybody. I think there's a lot of second round types, like even early second rounds to mid second round types, but there's not a guy that I'm like, is this, if that guy's there, well, Broderick Jones, I guess, but he's a, he's a project. So do you want that? Do you want a project? I think it's fine because he could sit behind Jonah for a year. This would be Frank Pollock's real test. Can you develop him? They've got three offensive line coaches now, just one for development. I mean, you could talk yourself into this, right? So I can't. I can't. Yeah, I think I just think that there's going to be a better position draft there. That's why I think you go and you get a swing tackle in free agency. It shouldn't cost you too much. Even if it is a Billy Turner, he can start. You might have to give him some help, but he can start. And he's a good swing tackle in that he can play both sides pretty effectively. It's no longer Hakeem Adenji in that spot. Sorry, Hakeem. Um, but, you know, I'd feel more confident with uh, Billy Turner over there. So there's there's guys out there that you can get that can play both sides. If you draft a tackle, I think it's left tackle at 28. Like, I, yeah. think, you, I think you want left tackle at 28 just because I don't agree with it, but the pay disparity between left tackle and right tackle is insane. Law Collins making $7 million a year, I believe, is in the top 10 for right tackles. And Jonah Williams on the open market is getting, like, 15 million probably somewhere around there as long as he has an okay season like finding average left tackles they're all inflated it's all like 15 million dollars for those types it's you know i think jake matthews makes 20 million he's above average but then you look at donovan smith's up up there it's just when i think of guys who are like in that range between great and bad like the solid players they're making a lot of money taylor lawan was making a lot of money so uh before he got cut so like those those types are making plenty of money so that's why i think if you do draft a guy i would kind of want it to be a left tackle even though i don't think there's much difference in value between left and right tackle there's more i want to talk about with this offense line and there are several mailbag questions so we are going to get to more of your questions in the next segment because there was a lot to talk about with your guys's questions they're all great thank you so much for sending them bengals underscore sands at lnds patterson so we're extending our mailbag a little bit but i actually want to add more to the offensive line next on it's always game day in cincinnati